Hello, horror hounds. Welcome to another episode of Sheebie the horror podcast by fans, for fans, and about fans. Once again, brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions. I am your host, Sam Carlson, and today we have with me, who dat? Oh, hey, it's Austin Rogers again. God damn, you're here all the time, man. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Now, so today we are going to be talking about uh, somewhat of a recent release as far as, uh, you know, streaming goes. Uh, it's going to be Await Further Instructions. And I was really excited to see this hit Netflix because I saw the trailer a while ago and I thought, wow, that looks awesome. And I was not let down in the slightest. Austin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's pretty freaking awesome. I had uh, I'd seen it pop. I didn't see any trailers or anything like that. Um, cause I hadn't really been on, uh, Netflix, uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. That's, a, that's a different, that's a different service. Streaming service. <laughs> I haven't been on Netflix in a while. Um, cause I was catching up on a bunch of stuff on Hulu, but, uh, but when I saw it, I, um, I was going to watch it, but then, uh, I opted to finish, um, the rest of the season of the Punisher. And, was it worth it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, hashtag don't cancel. But anyway, uh, it's too late. They've yeah, already canceled it. <laughs> hashtag Hulu pick it up. Um, but uh, but then when I saw it, you gave it, you know, five star review, and then uh, I was like, okay, let me go ahead and watch that. And so I watched it the other day, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. I dug it. Yeah, I don't like anything. True. For the most part. Or I mean, anybody. like, I'm very picky. You know, I like my old school stuff. Absolutely. I can find good reasons to, you know, watch old movies, you know, older movies. But, you know, some of the, the newer releases, they're hit and miss. But this was like a solid hit. This was like right, right in the bullseye, at least for me. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give a summary of this movie? Because I've been drinking a lot of vodka. Oh, okay. So. I'm going to be honest it's... with the audience. That's all. <laughs> It's, so imagine the worst scenario possible. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. You're with your family, and then you realize you cannot escape the house, literally. You're stuck with these people. You're stuck with these people. Christmas is ruined! So the, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that, I, I think that's the general, I think, uh, again, I wasn't in the writer's room, but I feel like that was, like, the basic plot of, like, oh, what if you, what if you couldn't, what if you're having a horrible Christmas and you couldn't leave kind of type of thing? Like that, I think that's just like a base, a base fear on people's, um, uh, I was going to say insecurities, but I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, maybe just like when people, you know, people's, we have the option to avoid awkward situations as much as possible, especially when you're an adult. But um, I think just like the fear of being in a awkward situation with your family a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of old stuff comes up during the holidays and stuff like that because, you know, uh, when you don't see certain family for a while, you don't get a chance to to vent your uh, grievances or anything. So, yeah, I think that's just, like, the base, like, fear. I think a lot of stuff just kind of starts on, like, what's the base fear we can build off of kind of thing. So Yeah, and this is a really good Christmas movie for anybody that, you know, grew up in a dysfunctional family and can really relate to a lot of the things that are happening. 
just the awkwardness. Uh, mm-hmm. So our hero, I guess, I guess we could call him, you know, because essentially we have like dual protagonists. We have our hero Nick and his girlfriend, the heroine Angie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick is like from a super white family, and Angie is Indian, and you know, British, and I'm guessing. At least that's what the accents seem to tell me. And please, yeah. nobody flame me on Twitter for not knowing any better or not knowing the proper terms. Uh, but that's that's just what I'm saying. So his dad is like an absolute dick because Nick hasn't <laughs> been around for like three plus years. And all of a sudden he shows up with Angie, who's this beautiful brown girl. And obviously, because they're white, they're fucking racists. No, I'm just saying. Well, at least his dad is. His dad's a, his dad has to be a fucking racist. Jesus Christ. His dad is, like, so fucking rigid because, what, he used to be in charge of, what, emergency disaster preparations? Right. Essentially. You, I mean, do you, well, do you think the dad was really racist? Or do you think, because uh, the granddad definitely was. Oh, the granddad, for like, sure. There's no hiding. I, th- I think you, even though, even though the, uh, even though the dad was kind of definitely a prick and he was rigid, everything like you said, and uh, you know he's just kind of channeling um, his granddad on certain points. Like I don't, I don't, I can't remember any specific parts where he like agreed with the. I mean, he definitely didn't dis- disagree with the granddad, but I don't think he agreed with him on some of the more like uh, racial comments that were being made. Well, I feel like uh, Nick's father came from a. A bad household, like like Nick's father, Nick's father's father, his uh, Nick's grandfather, was very tough and abusive. And you find out at one point in the movie, because of one incident where Nick's father wet the bed when he was little, that forever Squilcher. meant that he, yes, that that <laughs> forever meant that Nick's father's nickname would Squilcher. be Squelcher. You know, and I think that had a, a a big impact in how he grew up and to be a man himself. You know, very rigid and whatnot, and very by the book, very by the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't really have, uh, didn't really see a lot of uh, sides using, of both issues. Using the book and using the rules to be a bully. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because it, uh, as the story progresses, you see that Nick is like. Um, He's more in tune with, I guess, his emotional side, I would say. Uh, whereas his his father and his grandfather absolutely are not. And even his brother-in-law, Scott, you know, essentially Scott is trying to uh, look as good as he can to Nick's father. Because Scott is, is married to uh, Nick's sister, who is pregnant during this movie. And he's trying to be as strong as he can. He's very dude broy. Oh, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, Please, no, no, go you're ahead. right. No, no, I, no you're yeah, right. total dude, bro. You know, it's and Christmas and he's wearing a tank top. <sighs> That's not appropriate attire, guys. Like, get some sleeves, even if they're short. Just get some sleeves. <laughs> so they're all convening for Christmas, and also there, of course, is Nick's mother. Uh, and at some point. Do you remember when this was in the movie? Because it kind of started out slow. It had like a nice kind of like buildup. We're kind of establishing character development. And then all of a sudden they are trapped in their house by something. Right. Yeah. There was, um, I don't, man, I can't, you know, that's a good question. I can't, I know, uh, I know they were trying to sneak out 
which again kind of comes into the whole like you know Nick and his girlfriend right. were trying to sneak out as part of like avoiding an awkward situation. Uh, They're trying to get out of an awkward situation of being home, being there during the holidays, and then they want to avoid another one uh, leaving by leaving when everybody was asleep. But I think, um, man, was there like a loud noise or something? Or like a rumble? I don't know for sure. I remember they were trying to leave, and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, you can't leave. Basically, they open up the front door, and there's a, there's a wall there, but it's made out of a... Um, at first, unrecognizable material. Like, could be man-made, but not something you could pick up on Amazon. <laughs> not <laughs> something you could really tell what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, from there, it's like, these people are stuck with your family. And that alone, in itself, is probably a nightmare for a lot of people. So, again, very relatable. Uh, and it does kind of start off slow, and then all of a sudden we start getting, uh, like, emergency transmissions through the television, which I don't live in England or any area over there, uh, you know, that's not America. So we don't have that here. At least I don't think we do, because we've never no, we, had any sort of emergency, really, per se. Not like that. Yeah, well, we, we do have the emergency broadcast system. I fucking hate that noise. Which is what they test every night to make sure it still works, so... We've just never been in a situation to see it, I guess. Yeah, we haven't had any huge major disasters like that where we're essentially trapped in our houses. So we keep getting these, uh, we keep getting messages through the TV, and the first one is await further instructions. And so we start getting further instructions, and it kind of starts to tear the family apart, essentially. And a lot of that is uh, Nick's father is, you know, again, he's worked in emergency and disaster preparedness. So he's going to go by what the TV is telling him, which I think is also a nice little subtext as far as like uh, obeying what the higher ups are telling you. Mm -hmm. And mm, that has a lot of implications, at least here in uh at least here for us in America, because we are very much always, uh, we, we do tend to go by what the TV tells us. Uh, any examples you want to point out? Uh, that you can think of? Because I can think of a couple, just based on, on I mean, reporting I mean, and journalism. But Well, I was gonna, whenever I see a Taco Bell commercial, I usually go get that item. Fucking Chihuahua. That's what I was going <laughs> to comment on. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't want to comment on anything political per se, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Taco Bell's about as political as I get. Uh, but, uh, it's, you know, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the franchise wars. It's like dem- demolition, man. <laughs> just so you can collect all of the, all of the, all of the treasures, yes. All re- <laughs> yes, all of those goodies. No, but I, I mean, we definitely are very influenced by the media. And, I mean, you know... I don't know how timely this is going to be when it comes out. We'll see. But I think, like, maybe a, a good example would be the Jesse Smollett case. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, yeah, no, I'm talk I've, shit. Sorry, I've, I've not kept up with that. Well, you know, essentially, you know, uh, this guy from Empire, he said that he got attacked by these guys that said, hey, this is MAGA country. Put a noose around his neck, threw bleach on him. And then it turns out he orchestrated the whole thing. But it, initially, you know... We did all believe that. And then more evidence came out, and yeah. 
it's just been kind of like fucked up, you know, because it's going to ruin things for people that are actual victims of hate crimes. It's also going to, you know, it's even going to further ruin things for people that are, you know, accusing others of rape as well. Yeah. You know, these are like the people that have those false accusations. It's a very, very small percentage. But, you know, it's like because of this, it's like now we're going to have now we're going to rethink everything. Every time somebody says that they were attacked or they were raped. Now we're going to have to deal with that. Austin's just getting really awkward over here because we're talking (laughs) politics. That's not related to Taco Bell. What time is it? (laughs) (laughs) I got to go, man. (laughs) I got to be somewhere. (laughs) No, it's it's one of those things. I think that, you know, I think uh, I try to remember is the the media is not always truth. It is a tool and it just depends who's using it on those kind of things. So yeah. ho- hopefully eventually the people using it get to the truth of things. You do have to do so. a lot of your own research yes. from case to case. Yes. You can't just always believe exactly what everything, what everyone's telling you. So, you know, that was kind of one of those things that, that that's one of what, that's what uh, hit hard for me on this. But then also what hit hard for me were the relationships between the male characters in the movie, because we don't really get to see a lot of, uh, I guess exposition on male characters as far as how they relate to other male characters. We don't get to see a lot of their, uh, I guess, emotional reactions, per se. Mm-hmm. You know, and also like family trauma. You know, that's. I, I mean, at least for me, that's not something I've seen in a lot of horror movies. We don't get to see how uh, their relationships affect them in that time. You know, we are you know very much a final girl genre. But that's not to say that we have to ignore what's going on in in, in male characters' uh, own psyches, you know. So, like, do you have any opinions that you'd like to share about that? Uh, Is it going to be Taco Bell again? <laughs> Man, I love Taco Bell so much. <laughs> uh, Baja Blast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean. Can you phrase the question just a little bit? Sorry. Um, just how did you uh, how did you feel about the relationships between the male characters in the movie? Because oh, yeah. we seem to have more of like a, that was more of a focus in this movie. Yeah, I think uh, I I think it's one of those. I think it's a a, a pretty good example of um, what are they calling it? Like maybe uh, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, so it's one of those things, like, I, I know that's kind of like a, I know it's a touchy subject, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, again, I don't know, or I'm not sure if, I don't think all masculinity is toxic or anything like that, uh, but it's, uh, but I think this is one of those things where they put it in the extreme of, you know, of uh, the effect of, you know, the effect of, like, um, a, uh, a uh, lineage of mm-hmm. what, of what, uh, doesn't even have to be like I said. Doesn't have to be fathers. Any kind of family members can pass down, as far as like attitude and thinking and everything and stuff like that. And um, and Nick definitely seemed to be one going against the grain with it and stuff. And so, and I, I think it's a good example of like we don't have to be our fathers. We don't have to become our fathers. Um, we can pick and choose what virtues we want uh, to learn or to continue. 
uh, from our fathers, and we can also decide what are the bad habits or um, you know the negative impacts that we don't have to carry on. For instance, uh, both my parents were drug dealers, and I am not. So it's like you know, there is a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, especially with my father, you know, not a whole lot going on there as far as, you know, uh, tons of missed birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So it's just one of those things, like, I I learned from their mistakes. Mm. And I, you know, um, not to sound too boring, but I've never done drugs. I've never uh, been drank heavy anything on stuff like that and it was just don't call a, me out and nothing <laughs> she's currently snorting coke uh, as I <laughs> said uh, <laughs> but no it's one of those things like and I'm not like I'm not I'm not trying to uh, chastise anybody that does that it's just one of those things like growing up like one of one of my earliest memories is uh, going through my toy box and there's a bag as a heroin kit in it and so it's just, you know, I just kind of obviously chose a different path on that kind of thing. So I, I know it's rough out there for, uh, you know, when family, they, they, whether they're doing it by choice or subconsciously, um, you know, continuing the cycle, um, you know, doesn't always have to be the case. I know, I know movies and media portray it like it usually is you know apple doesn't fall far from the tree kind of type of i think is the the word for it kind of thing sorry the <laughs> i'm here all night ladies and gentlemen yeah but uh <laughs> but uh it's uh but yeah i mean it's uh, i just it's just one of those sayings where like um i think i think i think nick was a good example of it i don't think it was one of those things where Sorry, I'm rambling. Uh, no, no, please keep going. Uh, You're not yeah, rambling. But yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, I think Nick was a good example of like kind of breaking the mold. Just to throw another metaphor in there. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. No, I I definitely agree, and I think it's relatable for both men and women in this case. You know, I mean, at least for me, because currently my mother is being evicted from her trailer park because she hoards cats and can't pay her rent. And she's going through a bit of a psychosis. And when I say a bit, I mean, she's actually told me that her cousin orchestrated Sandy Hook. That, that's the level of psychosis that we're talking about, guys. So it's kind of like a reminder. It's like, oh, I don't have to be that. You know, I currently only have one cat and I will only have one cat until he passes away, <laughs> in which case I will mourn for like at least a month and then get a tattoo of that cat. Probably on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that, you know, he's basically like my baby. But I'm not going to become my cat, my mother who hoards like 10 fucking cats, you know? And I myself have depression and anxiety, and I do have to keep those in check. And I'm always terrified of becoming that. And I always mm -hmm. want to make sure that, you know, I don't fall into that. So. I, I, I can definitely under, understand where you're coming from, mm -hmm. but it's just on like a, a different level, you yeah. know, different experiences. I think everybody has their own levels. Yeah, I think a lot of people are terrified of turning into their parents at, you know, at some level, at some level, you know, they don't always have to be unhealthy, but, you know, just maybe certain things where you don't want to like necessarily, you know, become that 
particular person. Like uh, my mother has a very has a, a martyr complex, and she always thinks that people are out to get her. And you know, I don't want to become that either. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's also part of what hit me so hard. It's like you don't have to be that same person. Yeah. You can, you know, it's like a, and and that's what I also liked about seeing Nick and Angie in this movie because they did fo- they did work together as a team. And it was nice to see that kind of healthy relationship portrayed in a horror movie where they are working together. You know, and we just don't get enough of that. I mean, I think the last thing I saw something like that in was maybe The Conjuring. <laughs> I hate to say it. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I know yeah. the Warrens are snake oil. You know, they're essentially just snake oil sellers. But, you know, it's whatever. Not going to lie. So, at some point, uh, we discover that we've got this. Uh, we're trapped in this house. We've got this weird black substance that's mm-hmm. surrounding the house. We keep receiving messages. Uh, await further instructions. And then it gives us further instructions, which, do you remember what the first one was? Was it to clean themselves with bleach? Yeah, or... it was it, Yeah, it was to uh, decontaminate themselves. I believe that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, they tried to escape. They were they were hitting the substance with, like, a, like a hatchet and other objects. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem to even leave a dent. No. But there's also these weird pipes that were kind of stuck in yeah it was really surrounding the house and like in everything and you know uh, as far as like cleaning yourselves with bleach to decontaminate yourselves Nick and Angie are kind of like yeah we have to do this because apparently you know we need to decontaminate for whatever reason and in their own way they're kind of making the best of a bad situation and to kind of as a juxtaposition Nick's father and his mother, like, she's trying to kind of approach it from the same way because she overheard Nick and Angie kind of, you know, not really, you know, more of, like, making light of it. But his father's just, like, not having any of it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know when this guy's gotten hard in the last fucking ten years. Probably not in a while. I'm just saying, look, I'm just saying, like, you know, you're both naked I'm not saying, like, have bleach sex, but, you know. Squill Joe. At least, <laughs> at least kind of, in, you know, at least kind of, you know, enjoy each other's company and kind of make the best, best of a bad situation. But then he, it gets a little bit darker. He seemed revolted, which, uh, which I was a, a bit extreme. Yeah, I know. But it's, I, I feel like that's because he's very uptight. It's, you know, I feel like it's more so for him everything's very by the book and very sanitary and it's like only missionary ever <laughs> i'm just saying that's how i you know that's how i approach it but then the next uh essentially the next phase comes along was it the vaccines at that point or yeah okay so then they had to essentially vaccinate each other because the atmosphere is polluted mm-hmm so whatever is going on outside, whoever is doing this, they drop a bunch of uh, hypodermic needles in uh, through the chimney. But Angie notices they've all been used. So she's like, fuck that, because uh, she's trained as a medic. Did uh, she take the shot? I don't remember. Did she and Nick take the shot? Yeah, they all wind up taking the shot. Okay. 
Yeah, so they do eventually take the shot. And then Grandpa had a bad reaction. Yeah, Grandpa had a really bad reaction. <laughs> Grandpa was like, uh huh. Yeah. He was like throwing up some black shit. Can we talk about Grandpa? He's the. Uh, Fuck Grandpa. The caretaker. But yeah, we can talk about him. The caretaker of uh, Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> He is this actor, the actor that's the. Uh, he's got that cat in Hogwarts. He's oh, like he's yeah. like the he's like the janitor of Hogwarts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's like this grizzled war veteran that never escaped his PTSD, and he's just like content sitting in it. Maybe the war was the one with Voldemort. <laughs> 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 he retired. Oh my god. Anyway. But yeah, he, he yeah. makes he makes a really good like grumpy old man kind of <laughs> character. So. Yeah, but he has a bad reaction, and he throws a bunch of black blood or whatever the fuck, and passes, and then dies. And it kind of seems like things are slowly starting to progress. And then the TV says, "I believe they have to quarantine the infected." Mm. Is that what happened? Yeah, uh, I feel like it. Yeah, what's her name? Angie. Mm-hmm. She was doing a. She started coughing, and then uh, they all got paranoid. Yeah, even though Angie was sick before, you know, she and Nick arrived. So Angie's like, whatever, I've been with dead bodies before, it's fine. So she doesn't care about being locked in the room with the dead grandfather. So everybody else is downstairs. And then at some point, there is like a weird... I might be fast-forwarding a little bit. But there is a point where Nick and... What's his face? Scott. Scott the dude bro. They get into this fight. And they're going like up the stairs, and then Nick's uh, sister. What's her? Fr- what's her face? Kate? Is it Kate? I think so. We, you know, real quick, uh, you left out the part where dude bro gets his fingers cut off. Oh shit! I did right. Okay, yeah, because uh, whatever was outside was like, hey, give us the. Uh, you know, we need the syringes back, and put it in the access slot. So like Scott puts it in the access slot. And then he's, like, trying to finger, like, the wall vagina or whatever. And he gets his fingers, like, fucking cut off. It's great. Not all of them. Just three of them. Just three of them. It's yeah. fine. I mean, you don't need all of your fingers, right? Just one. Just, like, you just need your thumb and your pinky, right? You could do stuff with that. You could do, like, a, you know, be like a poor man's shocker. That's saying. I mean, you could be in the circus i guess but you know so he gets his fingers cut off and everybody's like oh shit he got his fingers cut off and then they bandaged that up but they still listen to the tv because <laughs> that seems like a good idea because the wall vagina just cut off your fucking fingers Jesus <laughs> christ it's like fucking teeth in here oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not we're not doing that movie because I'm like I can't. I have a I have a funny story about that. You have oh, a funny ju- you have a funny story about <laughs> vagina teeth. So, well, no, no, like- vagina dentata <laughs> exclusive right on CBGBs. No, it's it's I have a funny story about the trailer of that movie. So you stuck your fingers in the trailer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I was I was watching um I was watching late night TV and it was around that time where they start playing all these like you know commercials for like uh, you know for like uh, Viagra and stuff like that right you know there's all these like male enhancement uh, products out there so this is probably like two in the morning or whatever so I don't Were you watching the ones with Enzite that had Bob and he was always happy 
Nah, yeah, I think so. He was like, had like. He was that, always super happy. Yeah, like, had like the fake prosthetics on where he looked like he was. Over, yeah. Like he looked like he overdosed on the Joker toxin? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, okay. exactly, exactly. It was Enzite. So, so, uh, so, so I was, it was late. Enzite, at, I need some fucking sponsorship money. <laughs> so it was, it was late at night. It was like two, three in the morning where they're playing those commercials. But, uh, but anyway, before they, they played the they played the trailer for, uh, for Teeth, right? And I don't know who was working at the station or whatever, but whoever it was was a genius if they did this. But basically, they're playing the trailer for Teeth, and there's the end part where, you know, like the brother, you know, gets his junk bit off, and he's just like <laughs> holding himself, and he's like screaming, like they practically showed it. And he's like ah, and like at the high pitch of a scream, it switches over to enzyme. And it's like male enhancement. <laughs> So they brought it was like they they cut right on the the they cut right on the commercial. It was like male enhancement, and I was just like, "What? I'm just there oh, eating Cheetos. Like what? <laughs> like what I just see?" You know what? I feel like that was either an intern's job or some really low level, like entry level person who was just doing like I'm gonna fuck with everybody. Someone, it's gonna be someone who knew he was uh, getting fired the next day. I know, right? It was like the time that like Donald Trump's Twitter like got got like shut down for a moment of time <laughs> but anyway that's that's in the story yes yeah oh it's a good story <laughs> oh man i wish i had been there to see that that'd been great no <laughs> ah. <laughs> so wall vagina wall vagina bites off like scott's fingers because it's like no means no bitch and time's up and hashtag me too <laughs> Seriously. So, and then, you know, he's bleeding for a while, and then they bandage that shit up. And then we get on to the uh, the next part, which... What part was that? That was not... Uh, uh, they bandaged him up, and then they did quarantine and stuff like that. And then... Um, then it just started getting crazy. The, uh, yeah, it ramped up really quickly. Well, uh, Nick and Scott got in a fight, and they wound up... Uh, Macho Man elbowing uh, the <laughs> sister Kate, like this huge elbow drop off the top she, turn buckle. Well, they're 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 upstairs and they knocked her upstairs, which that was probably like to me that they was, knocked like, her up upstairs. They knocked her off upstairs, like they knocked her off the upstairs. Yeah, stop putting words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, so they, uh, yeah, they. Uh, they, they basically elbowed her off the stairs as she fell right. But that was probably like, that was like a pretty jarring scene too where she like lands flat it on was, her back. Yeah, I was And like, she's, she's pregnant, by the way. And so she like lands flat on her pregnant. back and she like breaks her, uh, breaks her femur yes, on her right leg. Yeah, like her femur, yeah. Sticking out like Wolverine claw. Ugh. Pretty bad. Oh, I can't, I can't deal with compound fractures. I really can't. <laughs> If I ever get a compound fracture, just put me, put me out of my fucking misery. I don't want to. I don't want to look at it. I don't ever want to think about that I had it. Uh uh Nope. <laughs> you know. And then uh, Nick's mother is pleading to the TV to help her daughter. You know, because she's pregnant. And eventually, you know, the TV does not help. <laughs> the TV does not help Kate. Kate ends up dying. Mm-hmm. And. That is like that was really horrifying. I was like, Jesus! Like this pregnant woman just, you know, she got knocked off during this altercation, and then she just passed away. And that was like, uh, you know, that kind of like hit me in the gut. Even though I've never been pregnant, and I'm never gonna be pregnant, but I was like, oh, that poor woman. I don't know. That really hit me hard, though. Uh, 
after that, there, I, I do, va- I, I vaguely remember that Nick's father was going to torture him. Yeah. With a box cutter, because I'm like, all right, I guess so. I guess he could cut off a piece of his yeah. face, but. It was like a flathead screwdriver, too, right? Oh yeah, there it's, was a there was Scott a screwdriver was involved. Out. Yeah, not the drink, but the actual screwdriver. <laughs> Scott was all in the corner, <laughs> like not. Scott's looking. a fucking pussy. <laughs> was you know, out. like Scott's just like trying to like impress like uh, Nick's dad, and just you know, he's not actually a man. He's just trying to be this uh, sort of, I guess, what he thinks should be a man, which you know might also be another telling thing about you know how it feels to you know have to kind of live up to expectations of masculinity. But, you know, since I am not a man, do you have any sort of, like, views on that that you would like to share? Because, I mean, like, you know, I'm only asking honestly because, you know, I, I, I can't really approach that seeing as how I, I am I am female, so. It's uh, a loaded question. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, uh, no, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a dude, so. Uh, I mean, say? I feel, Just asking. I feel like, um, I feel, I feel like, I think everybody, at least at some point in their life, they want to be what they feel like is their best potential. And sometimes that's through uh, how you see yourself mentally or how you see yourself physically. And so sometimes there's, you know, we all see the group of people, you know, they go to the gym a lot. They work on their physical appearance, um, you know, vastly, and they they make great uh, progress and everything. Um, you know, and it's uh, whether or not they're actually truly healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, As that, I sit here smoking, yeah, yeah, fucking call me out again. <laughs> I mean, well, no, it's it's nah, just, it's just, just fucking with you. yeah, it's just one of those things, like because you know, there's um, you know, I mean, there's there's uh, it's uh, I'm getting off track here. I mean, you never know on that kind of thing whether or not even if someone even physically looks healthy. You know, sometimes they're they're not like we all know someone who eats junk food twenty four seven, but they they look like they run marathons mm-hmm. and they don't. But anyway, but I, I think it's one of those things. So I, I think for a lot of guys, I think it's one of those things where like some you know some uh, some at the very least want to appear strong, mm-hmm. you know, like physically strong in a certain kind of thing, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of ways to get there. So, but yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, like this movie definitely had, seemed like it had a representation for if you're going to like categorize, um, you know, if you're going to put like, uh, I guess, male stereotypes mm-hmm. is what you would call it into like different. Basically, uh, yeah. If you, had, if you had a representation for all that. And they, I mean, they had it for the female stereotypes too. I mean, the mom was kind of like a, you know, the type of mom we've seen all the time where. You know, like when you do have a uh, a husband that uh, commands the house, so mm-hmm. to speak, and then um, and then you have the the uh, I guess the, yeah the sister was the older sibling, right? Mm, uh, I think so. Yeah, so seems I think, like it. Yeah, so I think it was kind of like a um, little bit of older sibling syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, don't ask me to explain that. And uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I just know it's a thing. I just don't, I don't know the details of it. But it's like, you know, a little bit of that where it goes into the extreme and everything. But, yeah, I th- you know, it, like, again, I, I think it's one of those things where you had a representation of the stereo, maybe not all the stereotypes out there of males, but 
um, you definitely had some, at least in the family. And again, it's one of those things where, like, I think Scott was a representation of, like, the complete opposite of Nick, you mm-hmm. know, because Scott was very physically imposing, except for his hair. And um, <laughs> so... Thank you. Thank you. You, you know, and, and he, was, uh, he was a yes man. You know, you say yes to whatever, you know, he he wanted to fit into the family. And Nick was non-physically imposing, but he was also, he didn't just want to blatantly follow rules, whoever they were coming from or like that. He was one to kind of rely more on, I guess, common sense and everything. Yeah, and I mean, I felt kind of bad for Scott because, uh, you know, for me, watching that actor... I felt like he wanted to, you know, he, you know, uh, as that character of Scott, he wanted to be more emotional. You mm-hmm. know, he wanted to express more emotions, but he was still afraid uh, of disappointing or maybe offending uh, his his wife's his wife's uh, his wife's father. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from—is that fear of being not taken seriously or being thought of as, you know, overly, say, feminine in this case. And that's, obviously, that's just the impression I'm getting. If y'all want to, you know, if y'all want to disagree, that's totally fine. I think what's also interesting is, like, uh, his wife was also uh, pushing that standard kind of thing too it's almost like she wanted to kind of in her own way yeah yeah she wanted to marry someone like who she's going to protect her yeah and, she sees her right. father as like being a very strong individual so she wanted that in uh, her marriage i guess yeah but it's sort of like you know i felt like scott couldn't really express himself completely and be his own person and that's kind of what ultimately a lot of which led to his downfall <sighs> I don't know. It's 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 really difficult. It's like that's why this movie really, you know, really sticks with me because of all the interpersonal relationships and all the nuance you can see between them. You know, it's not just your standard it's not a obviously a standard monster movie. It's mm-hmm. not any kind of a standard movie in general. There are a lot of different vo- viewpoints that you can see things from. And what I liked is that we always see things from the final final girl's point of view. We do see a lot of uh, their character character build up. Excuse me, I'm drunk. We do see. A <laughs> Look, guys, it's truth serum, okay? Vodka is truth serum. Can um, I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Can you um, maybe for people that are like first time horror fans, can you explain uh, final girls? All right. Well, the concept of Final Girls is basically like uh, your heroine that survives at the end and defeats the monster. That's essentially a Final Girl. She may or may not have character development. It depends on the movie. Uh, If I wanted to go through character development, Halloween, yes. To a larger extent, Nightmare on Elm Street, yes. Uh, But it's sort of these things where you watch your Final Girls grow. And in this movie, it was a little bit different because you had not necessarily just a final boy because you had like a final boy and a final girl, but you did get did get to see more character development in in the men in this movie, which I think is something that we need in the horror genre because we don't really that's not something that's really focused upon. And, you know, 
I don't know. That's just me. Like, I've just, like, grown up seeing, like, uh, horror movies that were all just about final girls, and now we actually have more, like, focus on, you know, the final dudes, which is a good thing. We should have focus on uh, equal parts, both men and women. But, you know, it's... I feel like it's sort of one of these things where if we talk about the character progression of the male character too much... Uh, some women may feel like, you know, it's one of these things where it's like horror is more for women, which I disagree with. You know, it's it's for both genders equally. Have you seen so, your Have you seen your next? I have not. So that's a great uh, final girl. Okay. Kind of one. Uh, I actually yeah, check it out. I'm, I want to hear your opinion on it because I don't think I don't know if it actually count as a final girl because. All right, the, so we're going to be we're going to be doing your next on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's true. There's not a lot of final dudes, are there? Not a ton. I mean, horror is very much like a female focused genre in a lot of cases. I, I think Dog Soldiers has a final dude. I haven't seen Dog Soldiers, so I couldn't tell you for sure. I mean. You know, we had, uh, I mean, like, if we're talking about Final Dudes, like, you know, the one I always come back to is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, though. Oh, yeah. You know, but the, you know, and I think that's a, you know, that's a good Final Dude, but it's, uh, for me, like, it's a little bit different because the problem that I have with that movie is that Freddy is defeated by the power of heteronormative love, and I'm like, why does... Why does that have to? Why does that have to be what kills him? That's like, mm, I'm just kind of like, mm, I can't, mm-mm. you know, can't, you know, can't. He just like, what if Grady didn't die? And like, what if Grady and Jesse ended up together? And like, all of a sudden, like Jesse overcame like Freddie, like trying to take over his body, and then ended up with Grady at the end instead of Lisa. I mean, dude, that would be a totally different movie, and it'd be pretty awesome. Like, that's the movie that we deserve these days. That I'm just saying. That in the Christmas Tree Freddy? I don't want to talk about Christmas Tree Freddy again. Oh, my God. All right, let's go. Let's oh, my go. God. Christmas Tree Freddy is the worst. Let's go back to the movie. Okay. What were we talking about? It, well, I, I asked. <laughs> you had, uh, you'd mentioned the term final girls a couple times, and I yeah. had talked about uh, I wanted clarification for it for anyone who doesn't know that term. If you're listening to this and you don't want a final girl is, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Just go Google it. I can't explain everything. I mean, Austin's, like, way nicer than me, so I'm just saying. She's lying. We actually want new fans. Uh, (laughs) 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 But uh, God, please give me new fans. Give me some five-star ratings. All I'm asking for. (laughs) So weird. Uh, I think we're getting to the end of... Was that Pazuzu? Await further... No, no, we're still, yeah, we are still talking about further instructions. Await further instructions. Excuse me. Uh, We probably should start wrapping that up, though. Um, You want to talk about the ending? Because that movie, okay. uh, Guys, guys, if you've seen the trailer, it's fucking, like, okay, the end of the movie is fucking bananas in the best way, in the best way. And I highly encourage anybody that's listening to this, and I'm sure, like, maybe three people are, Please go fucking watch this. It's so good. Like, do we want to give a lot of details into it? Yes, yeah, spoilers. Okay. Spoilers away. Just fucking right. watch this movie. It's so good. Like, I just want the director and the writer to have, like, like more opportunities to give me good movies like this. It's so good. All right. So, basically, everything unravels because uh, Kate dies. 
And then due to mysterious gas fumes, uh, black some black weird smoke, uh, the mom explodes. That was weird. Uh, but it's, I mean, you don't see the explosion. Like, she's in the bathroom, and for some reason her bathroom has, like, one of those um, fogged-out uh, glass windows really large on the front door that also can't won't break and so you see pretty good splatter on that and um you know she explodes yeah and, and black smoke makes her explode yeah for whatever they, reason so they they narrowly escape the black smoke and then um i think at that point yeah there's they, they'd already we talked about the torture of nick and then uh the dad just starts getting even more crazy um scott is now more on the side of nick um Turns out the baby's not dead. It's still moving around in the uh, in the uh, deceased uh, Kate. And then, uh, oh, that's right. Nick and the dad fight. Uh, the dad gets knocked down, and then Nick drops the TV on him. All a scream. And then, uh, so the TV breaks, and then all of a sudden, all these uh, black wires start busting out. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? It suddenly, you know, it had uh, what I liked about this movie. It was like, it had that weird paranoia of uh, people against people in the thing. And then yeah. it did kind of turn into a very John Carpenter-esque uh, movie. You know what also reminded me of? The... Uh was it Poltergeist 1 or 2? The braces scene? The braces was Poltergeist 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. <laughs> that was freaking me out. Yeah, because at some point when Angie was quarantined in the bedroom with the dead grandfather, there, yeah, there. at some point there was revealed in the inside this TV that there was, uh, like, living cables, like bio-organic cables inside this TV, and I was like, what the fuck is that? That's cool as shit. And then they slowly started to expound on that more. And that's kind of how we got to where we were at the end of the movie. Where, I guess... I'm trying to think of a good way to, to, to phrase this. Where, essentially, like, the TV is, I guess, alive? Because these cables that have been surrounding this house, they're like, again, they're also alive. Is that it? Does that make sense? Yeah, it seemed like some sort of alien type of thing, or maybe it's the government. Uh, <laughs> next time on X Files, but, uh, <laughs> but they were—they've been kind of like like blanketing the houses, keeping people from escape. Uh, it was some sort of sentient thing, uh, wanting wanting to be worshipped, which, which I think was interesting because they. Because uh, they uh, like the father and the grandfather had blind faith that it was the government protecting them, and they had blind faith in doing what the TV said. And then uh, TV turns out to be sentient, and it's like looking for worshippers, kind of type of thing. Basically, yeah, yeah you know. Jay, have you seen this at all? I have not, but I'm really, really you, confused as to who the bad guy is. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pretty much. You should watch it. I highly recommend it. (laughs) I mean, it was so fucking like. I saw that trailer and I was like, "This looks cool." And then I watched the movie. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" (laughs) 
Like, honestly, I think this is going to be in the top 10 of most people's uh, most people's movies for 2019. Only because uh, I know it technically came out in 2018, but, you know, we only got it on streaming really this year. Mm-hmm. But I have no doubt that it's going to be on the top 10. And it's, again, um, because, you know, what we are seeing is, I guess, what is a good way to put it? As, like, um, sort of an alien parasite that's infecting televisions mostly just televisions it seems like it's not really affecting other electronics but it's affecting uh televisions to yeah. you know to control people i think very, i think uh, it was telling everybody to ditch cable and get direct tv hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. hey direct tv because it was made out of cables it's made out of cables i'm just saying it was yeah subtext <laughs> could be satellite who knows <laughs> Like, that's a comeback for satellite. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Fuck you, Spectrum. I mean, Time Warner. I mean, Bright House. I mean, Charter Communications. And that's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> Fuck you, regular cable. No. I was, anyway, you know. we just came back from that break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see. Um, I would like to see some like behind the scenes making of because that looked like old school stop motion animation. It looked great. It. I really enjoyed it. And it was, it was something that was like. It was clean, but it was also made to not look clean, so it had this really interesting kind of like... It was like, very stop-motion. Yeah, almost like, Absolutely. A, like a time-lapse, stop-motion type of thing yeah. that really kind of that really just kind of added to the whole the whole effect, the whole mood of it and stuff like that. Like, I think it, I think it would have been less creepy, less impressive if they went with some sort of like... Even if they had like really amazing CGI where they tried to do it smooth. No, the special effects were very refreshing, you know, mostly because, yeah, I'm tired of seeing CGI. I want my special, I want my practical effects. And uh, one of the craziest scenes was when this uh, bundle of cables slash whatever this alien thing is. I'm assuming it's an alien. I feel like it's almost like uh, similar to, again, John Carpenter's The Thing because, you know, Again, although John Carpenter does the thing, you don't really know if the thing that landed on Earth is a virus necessarily that took down like an alien ship or if that actually is the alien itself. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar to that. That just kind of like takes over and spreads. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy that. But, you know, it felt... <sighs> the stop motion, I guess, felt more orga- felt more real. You know, and I just want to see more of that from my horror movies. And it was very just, you know, it was creepy. It was fine. Did you ever see that movie, Virus? I, th- I, I think it had. I saw it in the theater, dude. Did it, was that Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, you know, mm, when I saw, I haven't visited Virus since I thought saw it in the theater. So <laughs> I'm like, I can't give you an idea of how I think of it now. But I was like kind of underwhelmed by it. Yeah. I like the effects in it, though. It was like, I felt like it was kind of like right. trying to be too much like Event Horizon, but like there was underwater and yeah. it was kind of like, mm, I don't know, I can't do that. Event Horizon. I know, it all comes back to Event Horizon. That's kind of like almost my, like, that's almost my like, my level that, right there. Is that a wheel? Are we playing charades? Two wheels? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Bring it on home. 
Bring it on. Bring uh, it on what? Bring, bring it on, on home. Uh, yes. I thought you meant keep carrying on on this particular No, topic. yeah, I know. That's what I thought, too. I thought, like, producer Jay was telling us to keep talking. No. <laughs> oh, guys. So, the movie's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, regardless of, even though Jay's telling us to wrap up, though, I, I you know, it's such a good movie, and... I, I can't express enough how how awesome it was. Like, you can watch the trailer. Go ahead and watch whatever clips you want. It's just, you have to go watch it for yourselves. It's such a good movie. And if it doesn't make your top ten on uh, for this year, you can, like, never look at my Twitter again. But most of you aren't, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's how solid I feel like this movie is. It's fantastic. It. it is such a good movie. I give it five compound compound fractures yes of the five i will give it six compound fractures out of five. Uh, i thought we stopped at five i'm sorry no no we stop it we don't stop at five <laughs> is it 10 then because that's not that good then <laughs> like, we need to know where the ceiling is for where's rating, the ceiling for a rating system to let's work. just put it at 13 Thirteen's right. gonna be the ceiling because so it's my lucky a, number. It's like a thirteen out of thirteen compound fractures. Right. So yeah, Sounds I mean, good. you know, if you guys want to go ahead and tell us how wrong we are, that's cool. I'm I'm not gonna care because I'm probably gonna be drunk when I'm reading your message or your plea. <laughs> Nobody's gonna actually like pay attention to this, but it's fine. So I just wanted to let you know that you can find us on uh, Twitter, the Facebooks, and also the Instagrams. We are at Sheebie-Jeebies. You just have to look for us, and there's going to be some fucking pale bitch who's probably got a noose around her neck. That's me. And uh, you can go ahead and, you know, also send us an email, Sheebie-Jeebies at Alec.com. If you ever want to go ahead and call me a cunt, that's cool. Or you can also, you know, if you're in the San Antonio area, let me know if you want to go ahead and do a fucking movie and on the podcast austin do you have anything you want to promote uh i got nothing to be honest with you um you could just promote yourself (laughs) promote yourself motherfucker yeah i'm alive uh and uh i'm a pretty cool dude once you get to know me (laughs) that's about it (laughs) most of us like you (laughs) that's fine I don't want to deal with most. <laughs> you have enough friends. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm, I'm learning more about script writing, so hopefully one day I'll do something that no one will hear about. So, yeah, it's all good. Can't take my Black Friday idea. I swear I'm working on it. I want to help it, you with it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know, until next week, guys, keep creeping and keep listening. Please, for fucking God, keep listening. See you next week. 